When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Divorce rate, once that college student goes off to school, correct. Uh, once they get, become a freshman in, in college, the divorce rate amongst those parents, no matter if it's the first kid or the last kid, is huge. Huge. So, so very, t- very just start right there. Talk time. to me about what, what's the dynamic there, what's happening with those, those couples, and how do we help you know, start sure. the conversation to get the, get the parents to slow down. Absolutely. Uh, the senior year. I think it's uh, that mindset that let's just get through this until the kids go, and then when they go, we'll get divorced. Um, and it's a very dangerous time because those kids going off to college, it's their year to find themselves, find their identity, and they're, wor- they're working on themselves, and then they find out their parents are getting a divorce. And that just throws a whole new wrench into the their system and into the family system and there's a high uh, rate of suicide during that time for freshmen so it's really important that we get in and speak to those parents ahead of time not only about the damage of divorce but the timing of that is it calculated though are the parents sitting there just waiting and then they're they're planning pre-planning to go once we get a kid away or is it a surprise thing where one of the spouses says, you know, surprise, I never really wanted to stay married to you, but now that we have the kids off, now that I've gotten that burden out mm-hmm. of the way of, you know, raising the child, uh, I don't want to be around you anymore? Or sure. is it something to where it's just a natural conversation to where once the kid's out, they kind of look at each other and they do that moment of, I don't really like you. So it's all yeah. of a sudden they both kind of come to the same realization. Is it all of those things, or is there one thing that's more Great prominent? Great question. All of the above. All of the above. There can be people living lives of quiet desperation, and they just eventually have the hard conversation. They just choose that time to do it. Or there's parents that say, I know this marriage isn't working, but let's hold out for the kids, and then we'll go through that process. And then there's the shocker. Never, never, never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So it's all of the above. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because you, you want to be able to have a conversation with them before they make that step. Right. And then the kids off in college world and he gets the news, you know, whatever yeah. the, the, the carrier of the news is, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a sibling or a, a text message or the parents, you know, sit them down uh, coming home from a break and they, they break that news and then their world's crumbling. Yes. They're off at school, and they can't concentrate. They, they, I think the parents think that they've done the kids a favor right. by waiting by until waiting. college. Mm-hmm. But it's not a favor. It's not a favor. And there's the, the, the belief that they're old enough now to handle it. And it's really Im- important that parents understand that that is a, a, uh, a huge blow to them, especially at that time going into college and separating from the family. And that it's, it's just really important for parents to understand the truth mm. about the damage. There's been a recent study that's come out that 
kids of divorce, and I'm not saying that age, but of all the kids in divorce, there's a high percentage of bipolar personality disorders with these kids, narcissistic personality disorders with these kids. So there is still so much damage that's done in the process of divorce that parents are either blinded to or they just choose to believe that it, they're going to be better off if we're not together. Mm -hmm. Well, we live in Southlake, which is a very prominent area for um, high school kids. Yes, I yes. Mean, this is where Huge. parents come to raise their kids, and there's a lot of uh, families here that would probably fit that bill. Mm -hmm. There's there's a tension in the family mm -hmm. that is not spoken of. Yes. Kids probably feel it, and the parents are just setting the timer. Let's mm -hmm. get through this, this season of, of school, mm -hmm. and then we'll figure out what's on the other side of that. Yes. So if you're out there, um, you know, we have – we have resources here that can help you, but but just share with them some practical steps of like how to get ahead of it. If if somebody's listening out there, they know somebody who has a kid in high school. Uh, that's them. Yes. Just encourage them of what they can do right now to kind of slow it down, mm -hmm. get to a place where they have uh, the ability to regroup mm -hmm. and figure some things out before they make a drastic next step. Absolutely. So talk about that. Yeah. So when we see families um, that are willing to at least give counseling or mediation, marriage mediation, a chance to save their marriage, we have over an 85% success rate at XL Marriage doing marriage mediation. Unfortunately, divorce mediation has the same success rate separating marriages. So they have, you have a choice. Either seek help to try and restore your marriage or seek help to to separate your marriage. They both have the same success rate. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of people are unaware that when you hear the word mediation, you automatically think divorce, but marriage mediation has the same success rate as mm -hmm. divorce mediation. Yeah, you know, you want to educate people on what's out there, what's available. The, the trend is just naturally to go, well, the next step is divorce, mm -hmm. and the judge or whoever it is is going to initiate a divorce. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now divorce mediation process. Yes, yes. But there are judges out there that actually encourage people for marriage mediation. And um, Neil Provo, our, yes. you, you, it's really one of your close friends. Sure. Uh, but I would call him a friend, too. I've met him several Absolutely. times. Really great guy. He's a divorce lawyer that hates divorce. I think one of the things that he said to me, which was very interesting, was, uh, and I knew this, but it's from a divorce lawyer. Yes. And he said, I see people come in to my office, and at some point before they got married, there was nothing you could say about their spouse that could ever be taken as negative. Yes. Like everything about their spouse was positive. Mm -hmm. And then they come into his office and they're on the verge of divorce 
and not one thing is positive. That's Everything's right. negative. Everything's negative. And you know, you flip the script there and you go, well, what happened? Exactly. And how can you be so in love with somebody, think they're your prince or princess, and then get to the point where you're on the verge of divorce? Everything's so bitter. That's right. That the person that you're with just seems like the devil, Cruella DeVille, <laughs> all the villains, whoever the villains are. Exactly. Uh, you, you've got this situation, and, and you kind of want to tell people you're not seeing things clearly. Exactly. But marriage mediation can help them see it clearly. So we, we, we started our journey together through intensives. Yes. You were doing intensives uh, with the Small Institute. Sure. You've been doing those for many years, but then you came, brought your superpowers to XO, <laughs> and really have been helping us to design a mediation program mm -hmm. that helps couples solve their problems long term like That's it's right. not a, it's not a quick fix it's a get down to the roots of it mm -hmm. and you're going to rebuild this marriage the way it's supposed to be built and get rid of all of that junk that's yes. been piling up so yes. just walk just walk them through kind of your your mindset on mediation why it's even called mediation sure. and and bring some of those superpowers to the to the audience today well, when I was practicing as a licensed professional counselor, I also found uh, mediation, and that was on the divorce side, and I realized that those techniques and tools would work just as well with helping people re restore their marriage. So that's where, why we transitioned to marriage mediation. So mediation, again, is a process that allows a couple to come in not once a week for several months, that's a scheduling nightmare for a lot of families in this day and age. You come in once for eight hours. Some couples require two days. Um, and once you go through that process, couples learn how to do marriage God's way mm -hmm. through that process. But when they're there with you, it's like a smoke bomb has gone off. And they, they cannot see clearly. Their perspectives are, are all out of alignment. And so it's our job as mediators to be able to direct them um, to a place of health in their marriage, to be able to help them understand that there is uh, a chance for restoration and that divorce or counseling is not the only option. Mm -hmm. There's this option of being able to come in once. And men love this concept. They love the idea of just one and done. Let me get in there and do it, throw it all out there, get it all out on the table, and let's figure out what we're going to do. And thankfully, more times than not, the marriage is restored and restored long-term mm -hmm. in mediation. Mm -hmm. It's just taking that first step. It's educating people on the fact that marriage mediation even exists. It's not just divorce mediation anymore. We're in a world now that we are mediating marriages to restoration. And it's a beautiful process. And the, the success rate being upwards of 80%, mm -hmm. that is positive. That's, that's huge. That's a really, like, if I was encouraging a couple out there, I would say, if you have an 80% chance of fixing this thing, mm -hmm. then why wouldn't you try it? Why wouldn't you? You know, if, if money's if money's an issue, mm -hmm. divorce is expensive. Yes. And not just one time. <gasps> it's expensive for a while. Yes. I say never believe the billboard that says get a divorce for $5,000. Oh, a divorce no. at the end of the day is going to cost you over a hundred grand when you do the numbers. It, it is insane that I understand why at some point certain people have to use it in order to find safety sure. or you know they've just been damaged Absolutely. or hurt yes. and they have a spouse that's not willing to to um, change exactly but for two willing individuals mm -hmm. just a practical matter is mm -hmm. mediation at xo you know we do so much 
with digital media, conferences, books, resources, that I don't know that people understand that here in the Exo Marriage Center in South Lake, Texas, we have a space where they can come in and we have mediators that are being trained. We have another mediation certification course this week. So you have a safe place to come. There's a hotel right across the street. You can stay, you can come over. We have mediation teams and you have an 80% ch chance of success. You have a 100% chance of success yeah. if you do it God's way, but <laughs> you right. also, with the mediators, you have an 80% chance of success. And I just don't know why it's you true. wouldn't even try. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the, the idea that, that it's about money is just a, a cop-out because it really is a great resource. And uh, I just appreciate your leadership helping start that uh, here at XO, and you still champion it to this day, and it's, it's been really great. We have people coming on. So we have Tennessee, Detroit, Michigan, Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, East Africa. Hello, East wow. Africa. And um, I have a question. Uh, this is actually from the East African uh, YouTuber out here. Okay. We are a new married couple, but still have problems. My wife doesn't want to have sex. What do we do? Mm. It's a big issue, sure. especially when you're newly married. That's a big that's a big feature of a relationship. Absolutely. So this is a practical matter for a lot of couples. Um, I think probably it can get over uh, over explained as a man probably wants it more than a, a wife does. But in general, mm -hmm. when there's a spouse that doesn't want to have sex as frequently or is is just sort of shutting down in that area. Yes. For for reasons, you know, that are legitimate, that's one thing. Health, you know, there could be some some real issues there that keep them from like being able to do that. Sure, sure. But with a new marriage mm -hmm. and sex being a really, you know, key feature of it and that being taken off the table, how would you how would you encourage him and how would you also encourage his wife to kind of tune into the the need there? So I would say if they've not been successful communicating um, expectations, communicating what's n normal for this season that we're in, if they've not been successful in doing that on their own, as, of course I would recommend that they seek help for that because there are people that are specialized in helping them see um, clearly what that should look like because for every couple, there's no like a written rule that you know, the first two years of marriage, you have to have sex every three days. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The couple ha gets to decide, gets to decide, what would healthy sex in this season of our marriage look like for you, honey? Talk to the wife. What would the husband's answer be? And then negotiate a win-win. So it's not all one person's expectation that gets filled. It's a negotiation between the both of them. And like you said, if there's baggage or past trauma is the reason that we're not having a healthy sex life let's talk about that let's get it out in the, in the table because anything left in the dark the enemy is going to beat both of us up over it mm -hmm. and he's just waiting to still kill and destroy this marriage so we've got to get it out we've got to be transparent we've got to be able to talk about these things and if we're not able to do that on our own let's just seek help you know there's this this thought that it's a good thing to seek help when you're hurting, you go to the doctor. When you're hurting emotionally in a marriage, go go see someone that knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's true. And in this situation, if she's unwilling to get help and he's starved mm. for sex, mm -hmm. the, you know, I think the danger zone for him would be that, you know, that need that's very high for men sure. would be met through pornography or through you know, mm -hmm. extramarital affairs, which sure. we obviously do not want to see happen. 
So encouraging him, anybody in this situation, to uh, pursue your spouse the right way, romance. Of course. Make sure you're doing everything you possibly can to present yourself as being attractive. Yes. Uh, you know, grooming techniques and making sure that you're, <laughs> you know, putting it out there. And then just the communication lines. Make sure the communication Absolutely. lines are, are clear mm -hmm. and there's not, there's not any frustrations there. Frustrations come in quickly through little things. Sure. You know, you didn't pick up the laundry. You didn't take my car to get you know service you said right. you would there's there's things that happen and you know you have these moments where frustration can lead to down power lines or down communication mm -hmm. lines mm -hmm. and I An feel alienation like alienation where they're you know they they're asking each other out they're not checking it out so they develop their own perception of what's going on in the marriage and that's so dangerous because when you are not communicating and you're assuming one thing, it's the story that you're telling yourself that drives your behavior and your belief moving forward. So be very careful about stories you tell yourself that you don't know are true or not because you never had the conversation. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, don't leave it out in the, in the dark. Yeah. Bring it to the light so yes. you can have Bring some clarity. Bring it to the light. Yeah, you, you can feel yourself putting thoughts into motion that are just thoughts that came out of nowhere, right? Yes, so yes. Um, I think she did this because of this, or I think he did this because of that. Instead of just having a conversation that says, you know, this is a major need for me, why can't we have a conversation about the right. frequency? And I will, I, I really want to make sure that, because I know there's people in the audience that are listening, they're saying, I've tried that. I've tried talking to her about it. I've tried talking to him about it. So communication is not always talking. So if you've not been successful, in words, I really encourage couples to talk about writing each other letters, letters that are transparent, letters that you give your spouse permission to be truthful, and then allow each other the time to read those letters and really seek to understand instead of trying to fix. So communication doesn't always have to be words. Mm -hmm. Take the time to journal, to write it down and then have a conversation. Sometimes you have to start small. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question to start off with. Um, sex, frequency, that's a, that's a major need in marriage. And I think that as, as couples, especially just my own story, you know, the, we got married when we were 20. Mm -hmm. I was 20, Stephanie was 21. Uh -huh. And the season in our 20s, the season in our 30s, and now the season in our 40s is completely different, all three of those. Because the 20s was fun, but I would say that my sex drive uh, was 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 shifted into high gear, <laughs> you know, in my twenties. And Stephanie was great. We had great sex life then, but I could tell that I was, you know, the one probably pushing sure. more for for that time. And then in our thirties, we were having kids, so it was it was season. kid season, and that's yeah. that's a fun season, but it's also complicated. And in our forties, I think you know it's a time where you kind of reconvene on the things that are important, and you find yourself in a really good season with with intimacy and relationship because um, women peak at a different time than men do, but you're sure. kind of in a, a real zone where you're kind of matched up with libidos. And so it's, it's a great, it's a, if you can, if you can do the healthy things along the journey, mm -hmm. you'll find that there'll be seasons maybe where it's less frequent or, or less intimate, but I'm just telling you, if you stay married, Hang on. Hang on. It gets better. Sex There's in your 60s is great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a, that's a, uh, that, that's going to be a 
quote we use forever. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put that out there. It's going to be a Personal gift. testimony, that's right. Uh, okay, we have some good questions coming in here. We have uh, Kissimmee, Florida. I don't know if there's a better city name than Kissimmee, mm. Florida. And I want to take a little sidebar. By the way, so we do our vision retreat every year. Stephanie and I do. This is our vision retreat guidebook uh, that we have. And this is always kind of a bestseller for us. This is a uh, journal that's very unique to our ministry. My, my parents adopted this uh, strategy for having a vision retreat every year for their relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephanie and I do that. But we use uh, this last time, y'all's place in Florida for our vision Absolutely. retreat. So, so Rosemary, Rosemary Beach area. Beach. Yeah, yeah, that's a... It's a beautiful a part of the beautiful part of the world to uh, to have a vision retreat. But Kissimmee, Florida, is joining us here, and then we have a question. So Alexandra says, "Sometimes my husband is so mean with his words; they are sharp and intense. Sometimes he's become so angry and bitter with the Lord, and it makes me doubt our marriage. We can't afford counseling." Well, good news is we have a free marriage <laughs> counselor here for you today. I mean, you know, we're doing our part here to help you and your your relationship, but. Practically speaking, how do you respond to Alexandra here with the question that she has about her husband? How does how does her husband even become aware of the situation with his words? Mm, mm, gosh, I'm so sorry uh, that's going on. Yeah, that's a tough one because, um, again, I'm going to encourage that you seek help um, individually for her because until he's ready and understands what's going on and how it's affecting her, um, he might not be ready to change that, and that's not up to her. She, what only thing she can control is what she does. She can't control what he's doing. Um, but sometimes in those situations, um, gosh, the harmful words—that's that's a tough one—is to model the exact opposite. Um, don't allow. Don't personalize what he's going through because that's just going to fuel that I think if she has the ability to have um, count, you know support around her through her church or whatever it is that's that doesn't cost her money to be able to be encouraged to be just the opposite and have healthy boundaries but at the same time not personalize what he's going through because there's something deeper obviously that's going on between him and God Mm -hmm. or him and something else. And as a spouse, if we can't champion behind even dysfunction sometimes when our spouses are going through a struggle, if we start taking it personal, we can be uh, uh, fueling that process and making things worse. So I really encourage her to lean in to the Lord, obviously, and make sure that she is checking herself and not personalizing what he's going through right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. So she said they can't afford marriage counseling, but yes. I think there's a lot of free, there's a lot of free opportunities out there. Do. Local church, um, having a trusted friend, marriage mentors. Yes. You know, there's, there's really some mm-hmm. vulnerable moments where you want to be able to share with somebody. And I would just encourage you to, to have somebody in your life that you can open up to that can process, help you process the words that he's saying in a way that doesn't necessarily put it in your head and in your heart right. permanently, because that can really be damaging. And there's mm. just some certain people out there that are really good with their words. My dad used to talk about it before he got his clock cleaned by the Holy Spirit. You know, he used to talk about how he was just masterful with his words, and he yes. can make my mom feel mm-hmm. about this small, small. 
with with her words, and that's why she wrote From Pain to Paradise, a book Absolutely. that about, talked about all that stuff. Oh, because, what a great book that is. Yeah, yes, it's a great yes. resource, but she, that was her journey, so I, I would even encourage you. In fact, Alexandra, we'd love to send you a copy of that. If you'll, if you'll email us here, um, you can email me, brent at exomarriage.com. I'll send you a copy of that book. It'll it'll be uh, a blessing to you. Absolutely. Um, well, I'd and even Google, you know, whatever she, whatever she's going through when that happens. I mean, you can Google what does the Lord say about this. What is what's a scripture I can lean on this week to be able to survive this until you know, like you're talking about free resources. Um, just being able to have something that's going to give you hope. Mm-hmm. And I love the Pain to Paradise book. What a sweet gift. Yeah, it just helps because what my mom was able to do was was really heal on her own, independent yes. of what my dad was doing. Exactly. And I think that's important for a lot of spouses out there. And it doesn't always have to be the, the husband being abusive with his words. There are wives that are very, very mean. For sure. And I think as, as men, we can become a little bit more isolated in our ability to process those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But but being with somebody that's hurtful in their, in their words, especially when you're in the most intimate relationship possible with them, right. uh, brings apart brings about damage that isn't just a quick apology doesn't heal it. Mm-mm. You kind of have to go through a process, a season of, of taking care of your own business, making sure your heart's good, and then allowing that person to rebuild trust with their words. That's right. It's, it's, it's very, very, very harmful. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, again, we, we are answering a lot of this. Um, we, uh, Alexander wrote, wrote in, thanks so much for that. Um, thank you for providing such a oh, safe sweet. space. We've been married for only a year, and I think it's also just about trying to figure it out. I sure. do I do agree in new relationships, but there are tendencies and habits that need to be broken. And some of those habits can, can be broken through uh, calling them out. Some of them is just maturity. Exactly. And, and understanding. Some people don't understand their words are hurtful. Exactly. They just say things. They've been saying them in their house. I know that Stephanie and I grew up in very sarcastic houses mm-hmm. where, you know, we were very, very kind of, to be funny, sometimes you you use somebody at the expense of a joke because you're trying to be funny. And you just got really good at kind of making those kinds of jokes in yes. your family. And, you know, for us, it's not, it's very normal to have a sarcastic personality. But for some people, it's offensive. Like, it's offensive. how dare you? That's right. And you kind of have to learn that some of what you grew up with is okay in those settings, but mm-hmm. then you can't always expect that everyone else, you know, has those kinds of things. And if you grew up in a house that was very harsh or very, you know, abusive verbally or whatever it was, you're just going to emulate that. Yes. And, and you, don't ever, you don't always want to, but just sometimes it can happen. Um, okay, we have been married for 22 years and are currently going through marital issues. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the, the person writing it says it's their fault. My wife wants for us to work on each other, then maybe our marriage. For, for me, self and marriage are tied together. So how do they practically, if the wife is saying work on things separately, and he's wanting to work on things together. Oh, great um, question. Yeah, how, how do they practically do that where it doesn't become just a, a, a bitterness feud every time they're trying to come together and work on things? Well, I think um, the motivation, the heart motivation, b- wanting to do things together is pure. Um, however, what we find is that a lot of people m- label marriage issues. It's a marital problem. What we find out in mediation is when when couples learn to do marriage God's way, they leave mediation many times where we recommend the husband get help for whatever issue came up during mediation and the wife get help for something baggage that she hasn't unpacked yet. So I think it's a both are right 
Um, and I, I, I really encourage you to understand that there's some issues that are so deep and so much baggage that those people do need individual counseling and they need the prayer of the other spouse. They need the support of the other spouse as they're going through it. They don't necessarily need to be in that session with them mm -hmm. to get through it. Um, but God will use them on the healing journey. Um, so it's both. You're going to work on marriage issues together, but many times don't be discouraged if one or both of you need some extra individual counseling as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't. I can't overstate or understate, however I'm trying, trying to state it enough, that if you're out there and you're reluctant to get counseling, um, you wouldn't be reluctant to go you know, get a massage for your body to make your muscles feel better. You wouldn't be reluctant to go and you know, to the pharmacy and get medicine for whatever ails you. Right. And to go get counseling isn't really something where it's a shameful thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a smart thing. That's right. Your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, all depends upon you being able to process things. And I think for couples out there, doing it individually, you don't even understand how much that can free you mm -hmm. from all the stuff that you're just bottling up inside. That's right. And to be able to go over to a counselor's office, and that's what they get paid to do, just kind of put it all out there. Mm -hmm. And really, you feel free just expressing your feelings. And if you have sometimes your spouse in the room with you, you're much more guarded. You're, you're not able to process things fully because they're always there with the, you know, caveat or the alternate version of the story. Yes. <laughs> it's not helpful so sometimes. Yeah. It really, yeah. if you have a good qualified counselor, the mediation really takes care of all that in one fell swoop, the one and two day. I mean, you're bringing couples in and you're able to kind of dial into both because you need time. But when you go to individual counseling, a good counselor will be able to meet with you individually both and then bring you together in a place where you'll both have the ability to talk and see things clearly. Yes. And they're out there, and they're not expensive, and sometimes you can, you can find a pastor or a friend that can do some of that for you, mm -hmm. especially if you're willing to um, trust that person. Sure. And share with them exactly what's going on in your and head and your And sometimes it's not even uh, count. I mean, Jimmy Evans has written, I mean, all of these authors that we have at XO, sometimes it's a matter of sitting down and being willing to read the book you know, Four Laws of Love or all of these books that, that uh, resources that are available, it's not always just counseling that some individuals in marriage need to know. There is a lot of people that are married that don't know how to be married. Say that again. There are a lot of couples out there that are married that don't know how to do marriage. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. And they just think that it's supposed to happen naturally. Yeah. And if we were better people or if we were smarter or if we were, you know, Jim and whoever, we would know how to do this. But because we don't know, we hide behind Jim that. Jim and Teresa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hide behind, you know, I, we just live without joy and freedom when we're unwilling to do the work it takes to do marriage. Because marriage is work. Mm -hmm. And... I just encourage people to let go of your ego, let go of anything, because majority of people don't know how to do marriage. I yeah. mean, when was the last time you learned how to do marriage? Anyone, anywhere. So it's a common thing. So let's just all join together and learn how to do marriage. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think most, most men avoid it because they just they see it as a burden, and you know, they want to they just not... Have, 
it just feels sometimes like you're just going to get beat up mm-hmm. when you go through marriage hell. That's yes. why XO, we're yes. trying to do our best to make it a fun place to process things together and, and come in and, and get help from trusted experts that aren't going to make the men feel like they're the problem or make the women feel like the, 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 the burden's on them. Correct. You know, really there's, there's a shared burden for both, both spouses uh, to really understand that, you know, I mean, you want to, you want to, you only have so many years on this planet. Yes. You want to spend them with somebody that you enjoy being with. That's right. And you fall in love for a reason. You fall out of love for a reason. So work at it. Get, get the information you need to be, to be uh, a better spouse for your spouse. Um, these are great questions coming in, and you're doing a great job, Teresa. Thank and just you. a sidebar, yes, Jim and Teresa, Jim's your husband, yes. Jim Thomas. Y'all have a great marriage. Y'all been married for how long? 38 years. 38 years. Yes. I can't believe that. Oh. You're, you don't even look Amazing. like you could be 38. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, 38 years yes. and great marriage. Jim's in a season, so he's, he's a pilot. We were talking about this earlier. I didn't realize there was a new airline that is specializing in major leagues sports yes, but he's yes. specifically with NFL yes and, and 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 flies for them but talk about the season of life for you and Jim and, and what sure. what he's up to and what what yes. you guys do for fun together okay so he was with American Airlines 35 years retired three years ago and then got recruited by a new airline called gridiron air who is currently marketing to the uh, NFL Jim flies the Arizona Cardinals now as a part-time job that he loves um, and this season of our life, we live six months at the beach and six months at the mountains. We're there very you go. blessed, and um, it's a great it's a great season of life, um, and it's a transition also in marriage. Um, just navigating, you know, getting older, but it's a uh, it's been great, and uh, Jim feels very blessed in this new job, and he's he's really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Well, y'all have a great, you know, uh, marriage to role model. And I think that's one of the things when we're talking about this stuff is that you're not just talking from a textbook. You're talking from real life experience sure, sure. and walking through this. And you're also talking about the hundreds of couples that you've seen go through all this stuff, too. Oh, yes. And real world experience of, of helping couples every single day. Well, um, and now being exposed to the uh, professional athletes that, you know, are on Jim's airplanes. And we're all very aware of the high percentage of divorce among professional athletes so that's where my heart is right now and being able to so understand what, what is the what fix there because about. i i just find that you know with with that world you're dealing with such a particular set of circumstances that you know you have a very young group of men and and women mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. have now a lot of money they've very been very disciplined in whatever they've put their mind to mm-hmm. and they're in a relationship but I would say maturity is not always there sure and then you throw money on top of that mm-hmm. and temptation mm-hmm. and we had uh Demario Davis on our panel he plays for the Saints yes at the EXO conference uh it was four or five years ago he was an amazing role model mm-hmm. for for marriage and you know that uh, the, the, they do exist in the Absolutely. NFL, great marriages, Absolutely. but they're rare. Mm-hmm. So what is the, have you and Jim talked about it? What is the strategy for helping those kinds of marriages? Well, I think, well, we watched a documentary on some quarterbacks. I forget the name of the documentary. Quarterbacks? <laughs> Was it the one with... Uh, Kirk Cousins and yes, yes. It was just called quarterback. Well, it's on I Netflix. Mean, you can watch it. It's a great a, show. <laughs> it is a great. It it was a great example of those that put marriage first 
over their career um, have success in longevity of their marriage. Um, I think it, maybe it was Kirk Cousins. I can't remember their names, but he put family first. He put marriage first. He would tell the coaches, I'm not going to be able to make that. So I think that would be very hard in that world because there's a lot of expectations because you're being paid a lot of money. There's a lot of training that's in, you know, there's, it, it's, it would be hard to make your marriage a priority and make your family a priority in that profession. So I think number one, that right there is, would be very, uh, a big challenge for them. And so if you're, if you're try, trying to make it in that world and you're making all that money, you're going to put your career first. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, you know, like Jimmy talks about, if marriage is not the priority, you're going to have problems. And so I would say that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's sad to see it because, you know, obviously sometimes there's children involved and, and there's, you know, divorce is never easy no. in, in that world. Yes. You see not just one relationship, but top, typically there's you know, one or two or three relationships that sour mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you're dealing with with uh, people who have now tried marriage a few times and it's not working out it's the same thing for nba mlb whatever it is sure you have a situation where you have these very talented people mm-hmm. that feel very confident in their ability to, to perform correct in the field and they're praised and they have this big platform and all these sorts of things and they go home and their wife's mad because she had to do the diapers and Take care and of the family. You've been gone too long, and, and yeah, I, exactly. Did you see what I did today? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you know who I am? Do you realize <laughs> I'm like the top draft pick on like fantasy football teams, um, and you're talking to me like that? Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a, a real difficult uh, mindset with when it comes to being just a normal father or husband, Correct. yeah, and and being able to be practical about it and be a godly leader in yes. your home, and not get swept up in a lot of the, the hype. I've been super impressed with uh, some of the football programs that my son Reed's been a part of uh, here. A guy named Ryan Roberts, who's a quarterback uh, coach, and uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the um, football world it does have a very Christ-centric nature to it. Sure. And so Dan Leanne, one of our speakers, he mm-hmm. he works with the Clemson football team a lot, and uh, he's he's putting uh, together a program for a lot of those young men, and uh, he has. Uh, done a great job of developing a Bible study for these guys and following them into the league. And so he did Trevor Lawrence's wedding and um, he was a part of that. And he just talks about, you know, the, the reality of, you know, when you start with Christ at the center, it really does make a difference. It does. And he's done a great job of, of really discipling those, those young men Mm -hmm. as they've come along, but not everyone has that foundation. What a great foundation. Yeah. It really kind of comes from the program. I mean, the program of Clemson, the head coach is a a believer. Mm -hmm. So I really kind of think wherever you come up and your friendships around you and those sorts of things, what an awesome opportunity Jim has to to be able to minister, Mm -hmm, uh, you know, in in his own way. Yeah. Just have conversations or encourage guys or whatever it is. And I do, I really wish there was a way for us to tackle that. No pun intended. I mean, I just stepped right (laughs) on that. Uh, to To really be able to offer... Any couple out there, but those that have that high, high divorce rate tendency, yes. military, first responders, mm-hmm. people in professional sports, and uh, it's it's a real it's a real thing. Some great questions coming in. Uh, hi all from Cincinnati. Yeah, there's there's somebody from Cincinnati, Ohio, Ohio. Uh, this is a great question. I think it's probably more singular, but 
The uh, question comes in from Brittany. Um, what do you do when your husband can't handle any problems so the wife has no, no one to talk to? And she's learning that marriage seems to be all about the man. Is this part of the curse from Eve? I think, mm. you know, if women are out there feeling like they're, they're part of the problem or, the, you know, the, the curse from Eve is out there, meaning that the, the husband may have a, a more pivotal role or there's maybe a, a dysfunction in the relationship where she feels like she doesn't have as much of a place. And, and and she can't bear her burdens with her husband. Mm -hmm. He's he's not really made for that. Um, how do you counsel women mm -hmm. in this situation who feel like they're not equal mm -hmm. and feel like they're really not able to share with their husband what they need to be able to share, like in those moments where they need a husband? Mm -hmm. Gosh. Well, that could go a bunch of different ways, so I'm just going to... you believe in the curse of Eden? <laughs> Curse of Eve. Well, this is ha this is Halloween week. Not that we believe in that. Yeah. We're not endorsing Halloween people, no, but no. Uh, there's there's the curse of uh, from Eve. I think there's there's probably a tendency for some women out there to to follow that trail of like this is just the way it it's is. Just the way it is. Yep. So um, I'm going to go in the direction of everything that's happening in your marriage. You're looking at it through some kind of lens. And so behaviorally, if you're only seeing the behavior and then you make a judgment of that behavior, like in this situation, what is she believing about her husband? What is she believing about the fact that he's unapproachable? He won't uh, talk to her about her problems. What is she believing? What story is she telling herself about that? Because it's not about changing him to get her need met. It's about her changing her perspective of what's going on so that they can, she can provide a safe place for, to open a discussion with him about not what her problem is, but about why are we unable to communicate about certain things? Mm -hmm. Why are we unable? Don't talk about the problem yet. It's too soon. Talk about what's going on here. What are our, what are our, uh, like a vision retreat what are our goals moving forward when you have a problem or i have a problem what should we do what is going to be the way we're going to map out our marriage so that's a lot less uh that's more non-threatening than going right in and trying to talk about your problems with him again mm -hmm. and not having success so we may need to start from a different place first and the perspective is we have a problem what, what are we going to do? Because don't forget, the day you got married, you became one. Mm -hmm. So if she's having a problem, it's a we problem. So that's how I would approach it with him. Not with the problem, with her specific problem. Just say, hey, moving forward, I've not been successful being able to talk to you about some problems I'm having. Mm -hmm. What do you want that to look like for us moving forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. What are we going to do as a team moving forward? And he may come back and say, I'm not equipped to talk to you about your problems. Okay, then what do, you, what do we do with that? Is that something that's going to destroy our marriage because you had an expectation that my husband was going to be able to talk to me about my problems and solve it? Or do we need to talk about what is that going to look like moving forward? How is she going to get the support and help that she needs mm -hmm. in a marriage? so that we have the same goals moving forward and nobody's the enemy, nobody's the problem. 
Because when we start singling each other out as the problem, then we get in that war, and the enemy's going to win that. Mm -hmm. In in your many years of, of helping couples, and this is a question that I'm just curious about, do you find that men are eager to lead their family the right way, or is that consistently something that men vacate that that role of of saying, you know, I'll take that spiritual leadership, I'll take that that initiative to lead our family through, you know, the, be the be the uh, romantic, be the you know, not just not just provide the fan, the finances, mm -hmm. you know, bring home the bacon kind of thing, mm -hmm. but take the role of saying, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue the vision retreat. Not not gonna get nagged into it, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna start doing these things that that re that require me to put an inertia and initiative to to lead my family forward, to lead a relationship forward. Is that common, or is that is that something that men just are really reluctant to to pursue? Well, of course, in my profession, it's they're absolutely either reluctant or not doing it at all. That's why they end up in our offices. Um, so I don't get to see the the percentage of the, the men out there. But in, of those, are, is once the, is there a light bulb moment where they realize that they if they take that authority and 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 walk in that and they, because I, I see a lot of times men are just unaware of the fact that they're just kind of aimlessly mm -hmm. roaming around mm -hmm. the same things, and really if they would just take the reins and say we're going to start reading our Bible together, we're going to start praying together, or we're going to mm -hmm. start you know, watching XO videos together, or we're going to just sort of go to a conference, whatever it is, take, mm -hmm. the, take the initiative. And maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but for me, in my, in my mind, the, the wife would feel overjoyed mm -hmm. by that fact. Just a small, even token mm -hmm. of like, mm -hmm. hey, tonight, we're going to put the kids to bed, we're going to watch a, a marriage video, yeah. or oh, we're going to read a, a, do a devotional together. That, that, to me, would go a long way for a lot of wives out there, and am I oversimplifying? Is that too broad of a brush I'm painting with? Well, first of all, I think it's really important when, of course, when couples come in for help, they're wanting behavioral changes. And for us, we try and uh, refocus that. We, I need to know what the husband's believing about being a leader or not. Once the belief changes about it's my role or it's, it's what I'm, you know, I'm doing it for these reasons, the why behind it. When they can adopt a, a healthy belief about why leading is a good thing for marriage, then they're more uh, apt to do what, what the wife wants or what the marriage requires longer. But if you just come into counseling and someone says, well, you need to be doing this as a husband. You need to draw a bath for your wife and give her chocolate and take care of the kid. When, when doing is the only thing that's addressed, it lasts about three weeks mm -hmm. because there wasn't a strong belief to support why he should be doing this or that mm -hmm. or she should be doing this or that. So, it all, again, the battle's in the mind. If the husband says, well, if I do that, I'm a wimp. Or if I do this, then that's going to mean this about me. If he has a uh, out of alignment belief, yet the counselor or the professionals tell him he has to do this, he will do it for about three weeks, and then he will resort right back to the way he was doing things. Yeah, exactly. Because he didn't adopt the strong belief. Mm -hmm. So we always have to talk about what do you think about being a leader? What does that mean to you? Do you even know what that looks like? What was leading? What did leading look like in your house growing up? Mm -hmm. 
when you know the answer and they can adopt, adopt a strong belief about the why you would want to lead, there's going to be a higher success rate in that behavior being longer. Yeah, and personality is not a cop-out. And that you can't just cop out because your personality is not, you know, type A, mm -hmm. gregarious. There's ways for you to lead even if you are a little bit more passive or don't have the, the drive to, to make those kinds of, of, of choices on a daily basis. There's still ways for you to showcase that you care and that you want to lead your family to success, especially your marriage. Well, Great you know what's surprising is uh, when, when I, when I – talk about belief they said I thought I was being a leader by providing financially I thought I was being a leader by going to church every Sunday with my family they had a definition of what leading looked like but the wife's expectation was completely different there's a that's a game changer for it people. is yeah I agree with that because I mean in, in, in a guy's defense I mean you know you're 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 trying your best yes. to provide for your family you have a career, you, you, you show up for your kids' sports, you, yes. you know, try to have a date night, you go to church on the weekends. And in a guy's mind, checking boxes is a great way to showcase that I'm doing something. That's right. But it's the little things of taking care of the atmosphere of your home, mm -hmm. making sure that you know, you're tuned in to your wife's needs, no matter how small you may think they, they are, that's still the way she feels. And exactly. you're supposed to be able to have a conversation with her without it resorting to you don't you don't you don't get to do that you you know I work all day you do your part I do my part that's right and that's where it kind of starts to become this you need to lead and the wife's talking to the husband you need to lead more you're not mm -hmm. doing enough and the guy's like what are you talking about I'm doing all this stuff right here how dare you exactly and then Different he's like well you just need to figure it out because you've got a role here too and you know I need you to do this and this and this and there's just so much resentment that can be built through a process of um, cutting each other down through false expectations. False expectations, and, absolutely. And, and then not communicating that in a healthy way. Well, that's a great, that's a great advice. And hopefully people listening out there will, will, will understand that um, just having honest conversations without bringing weapons to the table will go a long way with your with your spouse. Texas Girl has a great question. I think this is important. Now, she's also been married for 38 years, huh. uh, but her husband cheated seven months ago. Mm. Um, she's struggled with sex ever since, and that was the, the initial struggle. His drive is much higher than hers. Uh, they're, they're persevering. Uh, ever since he truly, he's truly broken and realizes it's a terrible sin, he's completely changed. The Exo Marriage Conference this weekend was a blessing. I uh, hope this is encouraging others. I believe 100% our covenant, and we will persevere. I struggle through the, through with memories, struggle with memories and thoughts, so covered with prayers. But um, also menopause and thoughts, memories of the the act of the husband cheating yes. was uh, was is still in play. Mm -hmm. You know that that original issue. Mm -hmm. So this is probably more common than not of this stage of a relationship, and yeah. there can be not just infidelity, but frustrations around sex, mm -hmm. menopause, mm -hmm. sex drives. Mm -hmm. But now with infidelity being included, how would you coach them on kind of how to process the next steps, practically speaking? Well, first of all, I would want to make sure that they um, got into some kind of um, affair recovery group of some sort to understand that everything that's just been described in that question and dialogue, it's normal. Um, 
and it's really important to give yourself the time, the time to go through the process of understanding, grieving. There, and, you know, there's five stages of grief. There's the first, the, you know, denial that this happened to us, the anger, the pain, and then the very last one is acceptance. So mm. it's really under, it's really important that that couple and any couple going through this gives themselves the time to go through the process. This isn't a quick fix. I would not want to set anyone up. Um, and understanding that, you know, for him, this is a consequence of what's happened, of a choice that was made, that it's going to take time to get back to where you were. And many couples, believe it or not, are able to survive affairs and get back to doing marriage God's way and loving, falling in love again, trusting again. But again, grace and mercy, give yourself the time to heal. Understand that you're going to have ups and downs, ebbs and flows, good times, bad times. I think one of the best advice that I've heard from uh, therapists that actually work with couples through affairs is that at some point you're going to go through this process and it's not going to be your whole marriage. Right now it feels like the whole marriage is destroyed because of this and both of us understanding that giving yourself a time that says for an hour we can talk about that but the rest of the time we're going to go on and live our life. We're going to go to our kids events we're going to go on dates, but we do get the time to keep going through the process of healing. It's not, let's just have a, you know, a cry fest or go to counseling, and then we're going to be over where we're never going to bring it up again. That's unrealistic. At some point, it won't be your whole life. Mm -hmm. That's the hope. Mm -hmm. um, but allow yourself the time to go through the process of healing because it is possible to heal from this. And it sounds like his, the husband is at a place of sorrow, surrender, all of that. So give yourself the time. That's actually good that, that he's seen the fault in that. He's willing to, to repent and change his ways. I mean, the, the, the hope is that, you know, that was whatever caused that yes. derailment, whatever yes. caused that temptation, that door's closed. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine the thought pattern from the person who's been cheated on. But I know that I've, I've talked to many couples that have walked through those seasons and oftentimes their relationships more intimate on the, on the other side, the because other side of it. Mm -hmm. they've been able to explain why they got to that point. Yes. And through that process, they realize that they both have um, things they can own, mm -hmm. even though the, 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 the spouse who's been cheated on is not at all, um, you know, uh, forgotten that that's the, that, that is, that's a very, very, very harmful mm -hmm. thing that's happened. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you can walk through it and realize that there's now a way to recover and come together. And a lot of times you're stronger than before. It's like a broken bone that gets stronger once it's, it's healed back. It sounds crazy, mm -hmm. but I've, I've heard enough testimonies from people that have done that the right yes. way. They've, they've healed the right way to where they're, they're actually more intimate. However, there is memories. You, you forgive, but you don't forget. Mm -hmm. So when those, those seasons of memories come in, it's really important for the spouse that, that did the cheating to allow their spouse a, a moment to process That's that right. in a healthy way That's and not right. force them to go, you just need to get over it. Mm -hmm. Are we still talking about this? Yes. The, the, 
the, the couples that I see that uh, do recover from that, it's when that spouse that did the cheating is completely humble and understands that this is the consequence, whatever you need, however long you need, we will get through this. Like he's, st he's standing for the marriage or she's standing for the marriage like they've never stood for the marriage because now they're providing that safety and security that was missing mm -hmm. when that affair happened. Mm -hmm. And when they're able to be humble and say, whatever it takes, however long, I'm not going anywhere. Just those reassuring words helps that process um, heal in a more expedient way. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad they're on the right track. Yes. Uh, they're obviously going to need, need, need prayers. Mm -hmm. um, some really great questions coming in today. Um, I think this we'll try to find one last one to, to wrap it up. Then I have something I want to do here as we end. Okay. Um, how can I encourage and pray for a friend that's on the verge of divorce? As mm -hmm. far as I know, God is not part of their lives. They have one small child and one on the way. So, so no, no God in, in their life, uh, mm -hmm. per se, no faith involved mm -hmm. and on the verge of divorce. And you're, you're a friend on the, outside watching this happen and you mm -hmm. want to help, how do, how, how do people practically do that? Exactly what she's doing, praying that there's so much power in prayer and being able to communicate to them that she is praying for them and getting more warriors to do that work as well. And um, gosh, anything they can send, like sending messages to them of quotes they hear or scriptures they hear or anything that's going to model for them statistics on the damage of divorce, whatever it is she can do on her yeah, end. Yeah, I would be bold and, and I mean, you you can either watch the the car wreck happen yes, or you can try to get in front of it a little bit or just try to wave somebody down and say, before you run your car off the cliff, the road's closed, don't go that way, whatever it is, why not take a chance of right. saying something, sending a text, right. just saying, listen, there's, there's a great resource out here. Um, what can I do? I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. Please, please, please. Mm -hmm. If I can even pay for marriage counseling for you. That's right. Uh, there's ways to help people out and don't be scared. If, if you, if you are a close enough friend where you notice the, the pain mm -hmm. and, and the potential of divorce, then you should be close enough to be able to say, honestly, um, don't don't go to the divorce lawyer. Yeah, there's there's still a chance you still can make hope. it. Mm -hmm. yeah. This photograph that you have in your mind of your marriage is not forever. Mm -mm. It can change very quickly, and let's let's get you help. Um, so uh, there, I had I had uh, Mila in the in the queue here. Sorry, Mila, Mr. Question. We're gonna ask we're gonna ask this question real quick. Should a wife ask permission to do activities outside of him, outside of the husband? Basically, needing his yes or no. My husband is saying it is biblical. And I don't see it. So basically, she has to go to her husband for permission on, I guess, most of her activities. Hmm. Does Jim make you go to him for permission? To um, well, again, it's a perspective. If she's given herself that word, it's because that's what she's choosing to believe, that I'm having to ask permission versus we're in this marriage together and we discuss, what is that a healthy thing for us, for me to go and do this or that? What do you think? How's that going to help or hurt our marriage? But is there a biblical, is there a biblical understanding or interpretation out there that says essentially the husband controls the activities or, or the behavior of the wife? 
Not that I'm aware of. Meaning that, you know, what it, what she wears or, you know, friendships that she has or mm-hmm. shows she watches or, I mean, name it, I guess. I don't know. Like, at what point do you have basically a prisoner? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, they feel like they can't go out of the house without permission. Right. That doesn't create intimacy. However, on the flip side, what I would say is, um, you know, shared finances. You know, we we share this money. I don't need you to get my permission to spend it, but let's talk through how this money is going to be spent. Sure. You know, we have have a lot of bills to pay. And, you know, I know you want to do X, Y, and Z, but let's talk about those things on both sides, husband and wife. That's right. And, you know, related to friendships or communication or whatever it is mm-hmm. outside the home, controlling your spouse never ends up becoming an atmosphere for intimacy. That's right. When they feel controlled or they, they have... Uh, they have uh, to ask for permission. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I, I think I think in these moments, for from my perspective, and I'll let you answer, Myla, is... Um, Make sure there's an understanding on what it is that you're doing in the relationship. Mm-hmm. There should there should be an equality to both spouses. That's right. There should there should be a feeling of equality. Mm-hmm. And if you have to ask permission for small things and large things all the time, then somebody's controlling the relationship, and that never ends up creating it. It, it builds contentment and not doesn't foster intimacy. Correct. And there could still be love in the relationship, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of frustration, especially whenever she feels trapped. Right. Because some of the things she may want to do, she may want to explore a hobby, start playing tennis, mm-hmm. start, you know, playing doing, pickleball. Yeah, mm-hmm. go yeah. back to school, get an education. Mm-hmm. And if she feels like she's trapped, that she can't even have a conversation about it because he's going to control the outcome of that. Mm-hmm then that will always be a bitterness it will. waiting to happen. But we, yeah. we encourage couples to negotiate win-wins. Have the conversation. Don't be afraid to have the conversation, but understand that what's the win for our marriage? It's not about a what's a win for you and what's a win for me. It's about what's the win for us because we're one. And so if you're in a situation where you are believing you're having to ask permission, we've got to go back to setting up what's the vision for our marriage moving forward because I'm feeling like a child having to ask my dad for permission. Exactly. I need us to be in a place where we are adult to adult relationship instead of child to parent relationship. And again, approaching it in a humble way to say, I don't even know if my perception is correct, but I know how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like you're my parent instead of my husband. So I don't want to live like that, and I'm sure you don't either. So let's talk about a win-win so that we can both have the freedom to explore, you know, a sport or a new hobby or a new education, and we can come together and have a healthy adult-to-adult conversation about it and negotiate a Um, (laughs) win-win. She's saying in the the chat here, she said, um, he uses the line, but I'm your covering. So... And that, that line can get abusive from the standpoint of he can just use that anytime. You know, I'm recovering, so if you go outside that, listen, mm. and I'm not trying to bring this in there, but I just watched the show Shiny Happy People, and you got to be real careful with um, the, it was based upon the Duggars okay. mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you got to be real careful when you start using Christian 
language to control people. That's right. Biblical Very scriptures, dangerous. and it mm-hmm. can become cult-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do understand there are people that adhere to more strict theologies. Sure. And we all will be in heaven one day. Remember this, people. If you're Baptist, if you're Methodist, if you're Pentecostal, whatever it is, if you're Catholic, we all believe in Jesus Christ. And, you know, we'll all be in heaven one day. So all the bickering down here can can kind of it, it can yeah. be a, it can be a real time waster. <laughs> yes. But I understand people have certain feelings about things, and not that I have it all figured out myself. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is that be real careful whenever you start using language like "I'm your covering" um, in a in a in a way to control somebody. Sure. Because yes, there is a very um, there, there's, there's very specific language in the Bible about Jesus being the head. head. Mm-hmm. And I definitely believe in the in the headship of you know authority, and the the husband should definitely be the the loving initiator and the head of the home. Just can't use that to to you know chill people out. That's right. And make s- certain people feel like they're alienated because you have this title that you're the head of the home, and therefore you can control everything mm-hmm. that happens. You are equals at the end of the day. Yes. You have to be in order to foster intimacy. And, um, yeah, shiny happy people, it's a real thing. Hmm. There, there are cults out there in, in, churches, in church worlds that you have to be careful of because some people just get on high horses and they feel like they've heard from God and yep. they have this m- mentality that they've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they just want to be control freaks. Yes. Um. Great question, Mila. Love that. Nick Chabrinsky's in the in the chat queue too. Nick Chabrinsky's a great friend. If you're in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, check out his church. Him and his wife are amazing. Um, so I know they would be a resource in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area for anyone out there that um, needs needs help. They love marriage. They do uh, marriage help as well. So find a find a pastor, find a church in your area, and uh, and make sure you're utilizing all the free resources that are out there. Like this show today. This is free. Teresa Thomas doesn't <laughs> just do this all the time for free. I mean, she does does charge. So we talked earlier about high school, um, and I'm trying to use the LED wall more often than not. So let's see. I want to showcase something here, Taiwan. There's a new Prosper uh, stadium going in. So we're mm. living in the Dallas area. I think it's a $100 million stadium. Oh, see if you can find, find that. But Prosper is blowing up mm-hmm. in this area. Uh, there's so many, there are so many high school communities in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. Yes. Now we live in S- South Lake, Texas, where this is where the Exo Marriage Center is, is in South Lake, Texas, and we have some Exo Marriage hats here with the South Lake colors. This is the South Lake green color. We have a, a white and a black hat. Um, and so, if you're in the in the queue and um, uh, you want, uh, I'm going to give one of these away for free. Today, um, mm. but I kind of feel like you need to be in the South Lake area or appreciate <laughs> a, a South Lake dragon, dragon green, green color. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a real thing. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to even give it away. I want to do something fun, but the, uh, the the idea right here is that we we were talking at the very beginning of the show of how many high school marriages. So so parents of kids that are in high school, especially seniors, seniors uh-huh. as they're going off to college. Mm-hmm. That is a massive trench for divorce. It is. And, and we're talking about helping, you know, make sure that um, couples are talking about it mm-hmm. well ahead of that time. Sure. 
And I guess I'm just trying to figure out how can we encourage people, especially in this area that I, I feel responsible for the area that I'm in. Of course. To challenge them to, to get a conversation going right now. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Well, first of all, come to Exo Marriage. It's right here in your backyard. And understand that we have people, mediators, that are here to talk you through that because it's not the last-ditch effort. It's not the only way to have freedom and joy and happiness. Divorce is not the answer, and especially not the answer when you send your kids to college. Poor timing. So seek help sooner than later. See seeking help as a, as a healthy thing. And understand that um, marriage is work. And you're modeling for your kids that are going to college. You're models to them still. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not with them all the time because they're away, you still are a huge influence in their life. And you deciding to divorce once they leave is not a gift to them. Mm. Exactly. It's the exact opposite. Right. And your misery is is your... You're being selfish in the moment to focus on your own misery rather than the health and well-being of your kids. And it's, you're, unless there's affairs or abuse, mm-hmm. there's really not an excuse. The, the, the idea that you've just fallen out of love, um, I wanted to dispel that myth because you fall out of love because you stopped working on the marriage. That's right. And we have a society where I think people get real lazy or, or selfish, mm-hmm. and it's all about themselves. Yep. And the seasonality of marriage can feel right. Like, well, we just, that season of my life was, was there. But I, you know, I witnessed a guy that I knew. I thought this was one of the worst things I saw related to marriage. He, he waited till the last one of his kids was out mm-hmm. of the house. Mm-hmm. And then he just burned his marriage on Facebook. I mean, just oh. like. Mm. finally out of this relationship, mm-hmm. miserable, you know, it was cutting down his former spouse. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, and this is a guy that was, was promoting our marriage ministry at one point, you know, mm. and, and, mm. and was kind of showing the signs of like, he was trying to help foster, you know, marriages, but all the while he was not practicing what he was preaching. No. And I just thought it was pitiful to see him at this stage in his life just completely roast his marriage and his, his spouse. Mm. And you don't just wake up one day and do that. No. It happened over a period of many years. Mm-hmm. So I'm encouraging everyone out there that if you're, if you're struggling in your relationship and you have um, kids in high school years and you're just trying to see if you can make it through, make it through. get that first one off to college, and then you can kind of reassess the, 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 the nature of it. Now you can start living your life. Right. Yeah, don't do it. Mm-mm. Don't do it. No. Now, this, this is a 94 million high school Goodness football stadium gracious. coming in Texas. And they just had like a $50 million stadium built. Mm. This, is in, this is in Prosper. But yes. they're experiencing exponential growth. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about $100 million being spent for a football stadium. And I'm encouraging, you know, the districts around here to also put some effort towards getting uh, – you know, getting the conversation started around relationships and marriage. You know, spend this kind of money for, for, for sports, and, uh, and then you watch the divorce rate in your yeah. backyard happen. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real travesty. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, thanks for being on today. So I, hold on. I want to see, how do I give these away? What's a great <laughs> idea to give this hat away? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying mm. to, 
I just want to spread love. Maybe nobody wants these hats. Does anybody want a hat? A dragon green hat. <laughs> you, you can you can wear mm -hmm. it with pride. I, I I am always trying to represent XO and anything I do. I love the ministry that we have and, and everything. So if you want to rep represent XO and you're in the queue, gorgeous Wales. Where are you from, gorgeous Wales? <laughs> By the way, I have a little bit of ADHD. I I get so many spam calls a day. Oh do you yeah, get spam calls. Uh -huh, of course. I almost want to answer this on the air. I'm and see who it is? No. Yeah. It's going to be about my car insurance. Or um, I just I get them all day long. It's crazy. From Cincinnati. Okay. And you want a dragon green hat, gorgeous Wales. Okay. Well, email me. You know, Evans is a, is a Welsh name, so I think this is divine. This uh, is. Gorgeous Wales. <laughs> so... Um, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, dr Dragon Green Hat. Send me an email at mm -hmm. brent at exomarriage.com. And Maggie on my team is telling me to use her her, her email, maggie at exomarriage.com. Maggie's fantastic. And so email us here, uh, Gorgeous Wales. Let us know um, that you uh, requested the hat, and we want to see uh, you get this. And so let us know your address and send us an email. Um, really appreciate everyone watching. Teresa, thanks for being on today. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It's been awesome. Yeah. Really enjoy talking about marriage. It's a, it's a valuable thing. And if we keep it too long, we're going to have to start paying <laughs> for, for the, for the next hour, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, no, this is great. So we are uh, going to be coming back live every week. Please stay tuned. I love the, uh, the community here and everyone asking questions from around the country and even internationally. Uh, we'll be back next week. Take care. Bye-bye.